0: What's your favorite film? God, that's awful.
1: Favorite?
2: Awful. Awful. Your favorite film? Is- awful. Hello, and welcome to Your Favourite Film is Awful, the weekly podcast where we invite guests on to defend their favourite films against negative reviews. As always, I'm Luke, the undead, and with me as always, it's Charlie.
0: I always enjoy the uh, pause. It's it's always gone. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> How are you today?
0: I'm good, my man. How about yourself?
2: Good. Now, you paused and you were like, why, why do you say undead? The reason is that I almost killed myself with the books, because... Above my bed, there was all those graphic novels. Oh, yeah, I've seen them. Uh, I took the graphic novels off and realized that my shelf was about an inch out of the wall. So if I'd continued to add, I would have died. Shit. Yeah. Would you have died, though? Um, You'd be a drama queen. We're talking like a good 10, 15 kilograms worth of graphic novels. Falling onto my head. So maybe. Mm, maybe. That's
3: not the undead, though. That's the nearly dead.
2: Nearly dead. Yeah. Who said that? That's a ghost. <laughs> Who is the guest today? Because she's already introduced herself with words. So, <laughs> right.
0: I've got another writer director with me, a fellow filmmaker.
3: Okay,
2: yes. exciting. Hannah Kesajic.
3: Hello. Was like, that, hello was, Anna. that was a stunning pronunciation, by the Boy, way.
2: Fuck yeah. He fuck was nervous me. for the past week. I thought you were talking about. He's nervous. still sweating. <laughs> <laughs> do all sorry,
3: time. sorry, you did it. Oh, you did thank it. You. You're through.
0: Fuck yeah. Practicing all week in the mirror. Wow. <laughs> like Travis Bickle.
2: <laughs> Talking to me. Hannah, how are you?
3: I'm really good, how are you? Good. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited.
2: Good. Have you seen anything or done anything recently that is noteworthy?
3: That is noteworthy. Well, you know. In life in general... Yeah, well, Either or, or, <laughs> or, if you've
2: just seen a good film, I mean...
3: Um, I've been re-watching Breakfast Club, actually, recently. Breakfast Club? Mm. That's a fucking classic. Do, do
0: you love the Breakfast Club?
3: It is. It's one of those films that has that one song that kind of summarises the whole film. You know, they're like... Mm.
2: Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> I do know, you know that. Forget. Yeah, I thought we were going to yeah, go Yeah, exactly. The, I thought you would go straight into the chorus, but...
3: My voice isn't hundred percent. I've not been not very well so
2: that's fair, that's
3: fair. If you have me on again though, like
2: next time it'll be it'll be a
3: yeah, hundred percent.
2: Nice. Charlie, what have you been up to? <laughs> I watched a horror film this oh. week. Ooh Nineteen
0: sixty nine British horror film called Haunted House of Horror.
2: Okay. First off, was it scary? Um uh, no. Okay. Well uh, maybe your... of the time, maybe. Maybe of the time. But oh, yeah. yeah. It was one of those, like you got to remember, Daleks were scary at the time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know? What is this film that you've just said about?
0: So it is about a bunch of people in their late 20s, I want to say, early 20s. I don't know. You can't really tell. 70s, 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 you can't tell. Yeah, everyone looks the same age. They look old. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and they go to like an abandoned building to have like a little sleepover. Oh, meanwhile, one of the ladies that is there is being stalked by a man.
3: So, obviously, her next step was to have a sleepover. Yeah, at an yeah exactly. House. And he
0: keeps following her everywhere. Anyway, so she goes with a, a, a group of mates, and there's a mixture of males and females there. And uh, someone gets murdered, and they are worried that they're going to basically get done for the murder. So they're like, we're going to have to hide our friend's body. Oh, okay. Um, and then the rest is essentially them trying to figure out who did it because mm. there's a ghost story element of it and they're like was it the ghost was it someone in the room we was with and then the audience is like well was it the stalker that we've been seeing yeah and there's a that's pretty good it's a good actually. idea actually to be yeah. fair I quite, it's quite fun okay some really fire. cool stuff
3: uh f- free free, free out okay. fun. yeah was the reveal good when you find out yes that's like the climax of those films
0: yeah there's, there's some really cool twists oh. um yeah there's some cool little twists actually It gets to a point where you start to guess where it's going but yeah, it's quite a nice little... They play the twist out, they shoot it really cleverly. It doesn't spoil anything. One of the characters holds a knife but the two characters are standing opposite each other and Mm -hmm. you can't see because the frame cuts off their arms so you Ah. don't know which one of them's holding it. Ah,
3: That's really cool actually. And it's a really
0: cool idea I was like, ooh.
3: I'm going to steal that. I'm going to steal that. (laughs) But
0: no, it was was a... Yeah, I was like, that's really cool. And Mm -hmm. the other one film I watched this week well, this one was fucking great. It's called Homicide. And it's um, written and directed by David Mamet. And you know my boy, David Mamet. You know Your boy. Him. And it's also um, shot by Roger Deakins. Is it? Early, early. Roger Deakins, yeah. And this film's about a cop, a homicide cop. Basically, this old Jewish lady is murdered. And they he's also Jewish. And they he goes to investigate this murder because he believes it might be to do with a hate crime mm. against Jewish people, um, and ends up sort of joining a sort of a Jewish group, and starts to question his identity as a as a Jewish man who doesn't practice, mm. okay. and where he fits in the sort of world. That's interesting. It's actually. very good, really good. I mean, it's like the dialogue, like David Mann's dialogue is. I mean. To be fair, David Mamet is actually a uh, influence of the filmmaker we might be speaking about today. Oh, but Luke. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> what have you been up to, my man?
2: Uh, very little. My my mate Charlie, uh, <laughs> y- you got me to watch some film that was like you know average <laughs> at <That's> best. <scary. laughs> uh, no, you let me borrow Old Boy. Yep. Have you seen Old Boy? I have not. Okay. Maybe
3: it rings a bell.
2: Okay. Well. Charlie Loves Old Boy. It's, it's, a, it's uh, a masterpiece. It's like 10 out of 10. Like, I can't... Old boy. For whip. It. It's, a, it's, it's a it's a solid film. It's a, it's South Korean. Pok, Pok chan work. Mate, you know all of the details. I just watched film. Yeah, you so, you, yeah. you, you, you go just in depth. I'm Hannah know. Yeah, let Hannah know the details.
3: Yeah, film Summarize Do the to plot? pitch it?
2: Yeah, pitch it. because okay, right. 30 seconds. Okay, so on. less than. It is about a
0: man who is kidnapped for 15 years. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't know he's in there for 15 years. So he's kidnapped and put in prison. Right. For 15 years. And mysteriously in 15 years time, he gets let out. And he wants to try and figure out who put him in there for 15 years. But the question is wait, isn't... what's
3: the point of putting him in prison for 50 that's Well, that's, that's, well, the, well, well, that's, that's oh, what I was that's that's about to say. Yeah. So the question isn't right, who did okay. it. So he li- The question why is
0: why yeah. they did it. Right. He, he literally
2: is... gets picked up off the street and is put straight in prison. He has no Ooh. idea who did it, why it's it happened. It's a masterpiece.
0: That it's, is interesting. It's my. Uh, it's in my... If you look at the letterbox, it is in my top four favourite films of
2: all time. Wow. Yeah. That is mm. a big... Yeah. Um, and it was a solid... Four out of five. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I thought you were going to say ten then. I was yeah. like, that's a slap in the face.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: yeah. We gave it four and a half. you gave it four and a half out of five. I see. Did I? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably just because I didn't want to get beaten. you <laughs> ever <laughs> Come on, like, oh. you're, you're ever so come on slightly... you know it's
0: great. Come on. I know as to as I to said,
2: you. like I texted you straight away. I was like, it was good, but like. So when did it come out? 2003. 2003 exactly. Yeah. So of course we've it's it's 2019 now. Mm. We've we've had a good couple of years. So I've seen elements of it in other films, and so right. it didn't have the right mind blowing thing right. that I right. feel Charlie got when crazy. he watched he's it. Still crazy, he says that it's that, still mind blowing. Yeah, it's one of those.
3: It is one of. It was those.
2: good. If I'd seen it in my youth, maybe I would have liked it more.
3: Nice. Oh, <laughs> so, um,
2: hey hannah hey as, as i mentioned this is your favorite film is awful and yes. you're yet to tell us what this favorite film is that you have brought to us
3: that i have bestowed upon you exactly um it is none other than quentin tarantino's reservoir dogs
2: reservoir dogs oh. reservoir dogs what's not reservoir Wolf, dogs
3: Wolf. yeah
0: <laughs> do love it <laughs> Yeah, the reason I said David Mamet is because uh, uh, Tarantino said that David Mamet was a big inspiration for his writing style, writing
1: and style, his, yeah, his
0: dialogue
2: and stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just for those who couldn't have connected those dots. Yeah, just in case. No. <laughs> <laughs> if, you got, if you got, if you
0: got brain cells like me, then you're not going to figure it out.
2: But Hannah. Yes. For the people at home, for who, the who haven't seen Reservoir Dogs recently or have no intention of watching, but love the podcast so much that they're going to continue listening. Mm. What is Reservoir Dogs about?
3: So Reservoir Dogs is basically a heist film, um, about these five guys that, and the premise is basically everything that could possibly go wrong in this heist does go wrong. And it's really just about how they handle the situation, which is not well <laughs> at Perfect. all. Yeah, that's pretty much it, right?
0: Perfect synopsis, yeah, there you go. That's what I want from the people, you know?
3: Short and it's... sweet.
0: Short and sweet. We have some people that go on, they talk start oh, they talking don't... about the themes people before God? And I'm like, we don't need to, we're gonna get into that.
3: Yeah. Well, P- uh, yeah. synopsis that is perfect.
2: That's what I wanted. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Thank you. However, it's interesting that you bring up the premise. Mm. So so first of all, Reservoir Dogs is awful. How dare you. This is undisputed fact. Heart. Every bloody week. Every bloody week. I, it's, it's almost as if this is my role in this. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Additor C gives it two stars out of five. Oh. An intriguing premise, but with a completely hollow script. Tarantino's mm-hmm. debut film fails not only to entertain, but to even interest.
3: Alright. Really go depressing. go Can straight just- in. Go straight so, in. So Tarantino has been Um, talked about as being, like, the kind of guy that made normal conversation um, in dialogue, like... But... And so I understand how, like, people can interpret that. Like, I mean, think of the opening shot. I mean, the opening shot... I feel like there's two opening shots of Reservoir Dogs. There is the actual opening shot with the coffee table and the camera and the ever-moving camera and And that is just completely nonsensical in air quotations. Nonsensical uh, talk, because they're just talking about a Madonna song and whether or not you should tip but it actually says a lot about their like personalities so i don't think the dialogue is hollow and it would be yes if it was it would be bad writing i think it's just that that particular what's her name agatha uh editor. Editor. Whatever. Editor. I don't I just don't think that she's uh looking deeply into it. I mean think of that entire argument that Mr Pink makes when he's like, I don't tip, I don't believe in it. Is that not his like the I mean it's not logical, but you know, he's that kind of overthinker, that kind of like logical person and that is his role throughout the film and it carries throughout. So what might seemingly be a completely nonsensical conversation about whether or not he's gonna tip or not, um, is actually saying something about his personality. And it doesn't in it isn't like all chat like that anyway. It always says something about yourself.
0: Hundred percent. I totally agree with that. Like even that opening scene also sets up the, you know, foreshadowing the rivalry between Mister Blonde and Mister White as well. Yeah, what yeah. It says, you, "Yeah, that's true. If you shoot me in a dream, it will wake up in a podcast." So. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's yeah.
3: true. But um, I don't even count that as the opening scene though. I think do? that's kind of like a um, I don't know, like a like a like a.
0: Prelog, like a prelog. pre-log that's
3: mm. that's the one. Like a prelog. Introducing
0: the characters almost. Yeah.
3: And then the actual opening scene is obviously when um, Mr. Orange is like in the backseat of the cab, like bloodied and
2: yeah,
3: you know. What was the next part of that review? Because I don't know oh yeah, I...
2: you cut it off after the first sentence. <laughs> Perfect. So continuing, Reservoir Dogs has nothing to give, not even a single memorable performance nor dialogue. The characters have no depth whatsoever and the film essentially relies on violence and gore to keep the audience's attention. Tarantino tries too hard to turn the film into something it clearly isn't. And in the end, he fails miserably.
3: What's he trying to create? I'm confused as to that sentence.
2: I assume a good film.
3: Oh, okay. And
2: he fails miserably.
3: (laughs) Well. (laughs) the thing is there is do you know what there is the tiniest little grain of truth to that review the tiniest tiniest in which you know where she says like the characters aren't really that much they're not really but that's not really the point I mean like think you've got to think about the context of the film as well like it's his debut directorial film you know and he wants to get his style as a director across and he does that so brilliantly and i think every single new tarantino film that comes out it's always pitted against reservoir dogs and pulp fiction mm. but like reservoir dogs especially and i think as an opening film and like the the one that like is kind of like going to define the rest of your career and like lay down that foundation i mean like it 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 does its job in in that respect, and in terms of it being violent, I mean, oh my god, we could go round and round all bloody day reading reviews about like oh and like Tarantino's too violent, and he inspires violence in people, and da, 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 and I just, I just you know I'm kind of bored of that conversation now. Like yeah. it is a violent film, but the
0: the, the thing is though, is it? Yeah. Like, uh, is it like I mean, you've got you've got so you got the guy who's bleeding out, right? He's got a lot of blood. That's yeah. that's I mean that's a lot. There's a lot of blood, right? Yeah. You have the, um, the ear-cutting scene that you never see. You don't yeah, see but it, but you, you, you see the see after the effects. Side of you, his. Face. you see the after effects, yeah, but you don't yeah. actually see it. But people act like you see it. I mean, Tantino said um, the big thing that when he showed it at Kants was a load of people walked out of that scene. I was like, it's too violent. And they were like, oh, I can't believe that." And everyone described the ear cutting scene as if they saw it. As if
3: they saw it, yeah. But you know. But never... that, that's what's brilliant, is that yeah. you feel like you do. It's like that, it's like in Psycho, you know, when you, see, you just see these quick succession of shots and exactly. you feel like you're literally watching this woman get murdered in the, exactly. sh- in the shower. But it's not, it's just clever filmmaking. And I think what makes people uncomfortable about that scene is come on, the, the, the music that's fucking used yeah. in it. You yeah, know what I exactly. mean? And Tarantino's talked about this in interviews before where he was like, it kind of lulls you into this false sense of security and you're like, kind of dancing along with Mr. Bond. Like, yeah. And then BAM!
0: Exactly. No, exactly. Like, your
3: ear's off. Well, his ear's off.
0: Well, it's because he. And so,
3: you know, it hits you.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it, I remember him saying before, he thinks a lot of the reason why people walked out is because I sort of put, he sort of puts the, what's the word? i trying to think of the word. Basically it makes you question yourself and your own beliefs because you were laughing at him dancing a minute ago. And now he's now kind of so, so he's like up. laugh. He he always describes it as like laugh, laugh, stop laughing. Like to yeah, the audience. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like I made you laugh about it when he was messing around and then he slices his face and you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I shouldn't be laughing at this guy, this guy's crazy. Yeah, yeah And yeah, then yeah. he cuts the ear off and he feels like that's and you almost feel people like an excessive. Being like to feeling guilty for the fact that yeah, they laughed and enjoyed some of it that Um, makes sense sense. I think it's an interesting thing for him to say
3: that's that I mean that just shows how brilliant it is surely and that's like that's so intelligent as well so that I think that comment that was in the review is like completely nonsensical because it's not violence for no reason I mean like are you going to see a heist film without violence no is it it there is it there is it there like just for the sake of it no (laughs) like
0: no yeah it's true you Um, know what I mean I agree. Um, it's like he's bleeding out, and yeah, there's a lot of blood. But it's like I can imagine if you're bleeding out, there's going to be a lot of blood. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be as much as there was, <laughs> but there's going to be a lot of blood. You know, it's not going to be nice. Um, yeah. So.
3: Like you can't, you can't avoid the violence. It's just yeah. got to do it in a way that's not kind of like.
0: Yeah, I think probably the most violent thing, the the bit that gets me the most in the film, mm. really, if you are going to talk about the violent bit, it's actually when he Mr. Run shoots the the lady in the car.
3: Really? That's interesting.
0: Yeah, just because it's that moment of, oh, she's an innocent
3: bystander. bystander.
0: He's a cop. Yeah. Like... Yeah, to yeah. be fair, there's that moral so it's like, ambiguity yeah, there. Yeah, and he, and then that's what's so great is that Tentino lingers on him for a bit. Yeah. And he has that shot where he, he's like, he I just like, killed a yeah. person who had every right to shoot me. Mm. Mm. And, I, that's what, and that's what I like.
3: But isn't that like the, the entire kind of like theme of the film is just like... People putting themselves in situations and then when it gets messy, you just kind of like panicking. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. And um, Mr. Pink's trying to be professional. He Always. is a professional. Yeah, he exactly. is a professional. He's, he's the only it. fucking professional. But, but they
3: talk about the performances as well. I,
0: I think yeah, Steve Pashemi on. is yeah. one of his best performances ever. I also, think he's brilliant.
3: Also, who's the guy that plays um, Joe? Lawrence.
0: Oh, Lawrence Tierney.
3: There is not one word that that man can say to, that would sound non-genuine. Like, are you yeah, joking? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. He could tell
3: me the earth was flat, and I'd be like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Heard yeah. it then.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He'd
3: be the one guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flat <laughs> earth is, get on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> get Tierney to... Uh, I think he's not alive anymore, but... Yeah. but yeah, really? I
3: think so.
0: Um,
1: I mean,
0: it was a long um, time ago, and it... But that's, what's, that's
3: what... The thing is, though, as well, is that, like, he brings such, like, a genuine like aspect to the role because he had served time both in many other films and in real life also mm. like been in jail a couple of times so he's just a scary guy like you just would not want to mess with him nah, nah. so I'd like to see her say that to his face
0: <laughs> yeah and you know you know Mr. Blue
3: yeah who you never see who you by never the way.
0: see. he was a real life armed robber
3: I heard this yeah he I heard was a real life this. criminal
0: and they just put him in there he has like one line I think
3: that's, that's hilarious him. does he?
1: yeah
2: yeah, I think he speaks at the, the diner. Yeah, he and does. And he's think. there at the, uh, like, when they're when setting they're up setting the heist. Names, yeah. When they're giving out the names, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. a
3: beautiful scene.
2: Also. Yeah, love that scene. It's a great <sighs> scene. It's a shame, though, because Cameron R. Gives it a half star out of five. So, even <sighs> though slap in the face. Doesn't even give it a one. <laughs> it's not. And the reason is, I was bored to death when I saw this. I really wanted to see what happened during the jewelry store robbery that went horribly wrong. But Tarantino just... Had to leave it out and make it painfully slow and boring on purpose with the non-stop chit-chat that went on forever. I do give it credit for the two escape scenes they showed, but other than that, it sucked ass. Tarantino is a terrible director and Reservoir Dogs is the worst heist movie ever. It's a piece of shit
3: Jesus Jesus well Christ this guy goes in <laughs> so, okay so this is the problem like is it, vi- is it not violent enough or is it too violent because it's like one person's bored the other person's like I see that. like yeah. you can't win but you cannot win this is the thing this is a person that just wants to see people get shot into a film and so if you're going into a Tarantino film with that mindset you're going to enjoy parts of it but you're never going to be fulfilled because that's not all he does mm. he's not like a one trip party yeah there's violence in there but the violence like, like I've said before is there for a reason and that's not the satisfaction that you get from a film like bloody hell go see I don't know Texas Chainsaw Massacre if that's what Ooh, you want to see I don't know mm, like no. whatever the worst heist film ever I've seen my fair share of like bad heist films like have you seen The Tower?
2: <laughs> no
3: shit don't watch oh. it
2: <laughs> oh damn going on record <laughs> okay. yeah don't um. watch
3: it but like yeah so he's just watching you going into the film Wanting things out of it that he's just not going to get from a from a Tarantino film.
0: No, yeah, yeah. no, Um, it makes sense. I I think you know what I'm really enjoyed about this podcast is that I read this thing before Tarantino said that the biggest defenders of Reservoir Dogs when it came out at the time were women. Really? So it's interesting that we have a woman on the podcast Mm. as well. Really? Yeah, he said the biggest. Yeah, they were the biggest defenders when they because everyone was moaning about the violence and they were saying nope. Wow.
3: Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. In, it's interesting, isn't it? That's is interesting. That. Yeah. thank you for that little factoid. And there you go. Mm, yeah, that's <laughs> it, <that's
0: laughs> it. A little fact, but uh, yeah, no. I, if you're going and wanting to see a heist, I mean, yeah.
3: I mean, there's a there's so many to choose from. There's
0: like ridiculous. It's amount. like
3: every single other one. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Every Mission Impossible movie. I mean, yeah, every Ocean's Eleven. Like you are spoiled every... for choice. <laughs> you got all of them, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, I could and... give it go forever. I mean. I mean, he had to do something different, you know? There's not yeah. much... I mean, after a film like Rafifi, which is, like, I think the best, heist movie of all time, they do it so perfectly with the tension and the way it's built up. I mean, uh, people could argue anything else, like The Killing or the Asphalt Jungle or whatever. There's, there's there's loads of them, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. There's so many of them. But yeah, but this one is, like, I think what's so clever about it is that you don't see it. I think that's what the, the hook is. I think that's what brings you in, and I think, especially from a directorial that this is what I thought was um I was trying to do when I watched it, rewatched it again for mm. the podcast was I was trying, trying to rewatch it without the context of Tarantino that we know now. So yeah. imagine yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Tarantino
0: not existing yeah, 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 yeah. and then watching this movie and I was watching it like fuck man
3: like Like it would just blow you away.
0: Because it's like this this is a guy that's got such a voice. Yeah. I mean Yeah. To try and think of someone modern who I felt gave me that same feeling would probably be someone like Jordan Peele probably.
3: Yeah, who, true, you know, true. someone true. like that with, who like yeah,
0: with Get Out, yeah. who really has this voice with Get Out and even yeah. us and us as well. We're like, he's given us stuff I don't think we've seen before. But well, think everything's what we've seen before. But you know, with everyone's yeah, like yeah. angle to yeah, 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 I mean, their perspective. Um,
3: Nothing's ever like one hundred percent original. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and that's another thing that people shit on Tarantino for. Um, and I and I I I'm just like, well, everyone everyone rips off other films. Tarantino's just a bit more obvious about it. Like yeah, and. He makes his own films out of it. Like they're, they're not Like yeah, he's got bits from different parts of, of films, but ultimately, that it's his own individual film.
3: Like his own little Frankenstein, but a good
2: one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Pretty much, yeah. it's one of those. Like originality is so, like to make something that is one hundred percent original, you can't do. You, can't it. Do. you yeah.
3: really cannot do it,
2: especially with like a film, because at the end of the day, you'd have to what have a completely unique script mm. with an unknown. Everyone attached to it it because you couldn't you couldn't have a name in it because then oh well of course because you wrote this character around that actor so it's not original yeah yeah Yeah, you can't have a a mass marketed original hundred percent thing I don't think you can
3: I just don't think you can create an original hundred percent thing ever I think everything. That you ever think or do has been influenced to some extent from something. Of course. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
0: There is a uh, TED Talk, um, a brilliant TED Talk. He uh, basically says that an idea is when you put one concept uh, idea from something you've seen before mm. and another idea from something you've seen before, and you put those two together, and out of that comes your idea. Your
3: idea, yeah. yeah. And
0: that's that's how ideas are formed. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Yeah, 100%. It's just so.
3: recycled Yeah. Other people's thoughts, but, like, with your own little angle and with your own interpretation of that, because, like, everyone interprets things differently as well. Exactly. But this is the thing. Like, that's the thing with Tarantino. And also, like, I just think that you can't really... Like, that man, he knows his films. Jesus, yeah. Like, I think more than anyone.
0: (laughs) Yeah, everyone seems to say that, anyway. (laughs) Like, he
3: just just really, really knows what he's talking about. And I think, you know, there's a level of respect to that. And also, like, it comes out in his films because, you know, you might recognise something from somewhere else you can make around it. But the fact that he, you know, has that much exposure to them. And I just really like the use of, like, the split-focus lens that he yeah, uses the, in the, it.
0: the Brian De Palma shot. Yeah. The Brian De Palma used that a lot. The uh, the split doctor when it's, like, out of focus. Yeah. When it, front, in front of the frame... The person's in focus in, in the, the middle bo- is blurred, and then, and then in the back, back. someone's in focus. in focus. Yeah, um, yeah, so it's split that up to effect. But Brian De Palma was like the guy who used it the most. He's mm. like, No, it's like the Brian De Palma, sort of oh, okay. which is funny because Brian De Palma is was Tarantino's favorite director when he was growing up. Yeah.
3: See, this is what
0: it means, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and he just a quick little side, side story <laughs> he bumped into him once at a cinema. And he was, this is before he made Reservoir Dogs. And he was like so nervous. He was like, should I go up to him, should I go up to him? And he was like, no, I'm not going to go up to him because one day I'm going to have more leverage and like I'm going to have, I'm going to make films and then I'll have something to talk to him about. I don't want to talk to him then, until then, because I'll just mess it up. I'll be, I'll just mess it up. Later on, after he made Reservoir Dogs, he bumps into Brian Palmer's wife at the time Mm. who was, I believe, I think it's Galen it no, no. Anyway, she anyway. Broke, <laughs> he, bumped, he bumped into a, a party and he started talking about how much he loved her husband, Brian De Palma. And a couple of weeks later, he gets a phone call from Brian De Palma mm. and Brian De Palma was like, can we meet up? And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's Brian De Palma. So he meets up with Brian De Palma and turns out they were actually there to try and get them to produce pop fiction. They wanted to produce mm. his next film. Oh. that's why they were there and it's like how crazy of a story is that that like, is crazy he wanted to yeah 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 I thought that was great yeah nice little uh, fact there yeah but yeah I mean I love this movie I mean one of the reasons like Tarantino one of the reasons I love Tarantino I think you probably feel the same is that he gives you a he gives you a feeling with his films that if you love films enough yeah that you can you can make a good movie yeah do you know what yeah. I'm mean, saying? It's like if you could love.
3: And actually, to jump off from that point, mm. it's like um, one of the one of the things that I think was touched upon. That's like in in the negative reviews is that it's trying to be something that it's not. And I think one of the one of one of the flaws, because like no movie is perfect. One of the flaws is like I say, there's not too much like deep character analysis or even like an arc. You just kind of find out what has happened in this one thing. Then again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But another thing is that um, the kind of, like, deeper issues that it tries to tackle or whatever, maybe there aren't any. But I think what's interesting to note is when Mr. Orange, the undercover cop, is learning that story to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, mm-hmm. like, it's a great bit. So it's, like, a little anecdote from, you know, and it's obviously fake. Mm. And then, like, Tarantino tells it in stages so he first, like, um, hears about it then he starts practicing it, practicing mm-hmm. it, practicing it, and then he's performing it. Mm. And then the final stage is obviously when he's in a... he Like, it's the it's the, the story watching, yeah. imagined, in, like, in real life, and it's actually shown. Mm. Um, obviously, it's not real, it's just a story. And then I started thinking about it a bit deeper, and it's like a kind of... That's what stories are, do you know what I mean? That's what ideas are. Like, mm. they kind of, like, start out, and then there's that, like, kind of little process. and yeah, yeah. And, you know, even when he's in the bathroom and um, in the story and then he says that these um, all of these policemen were talking to each other Therefore, like, So it's even the one thing that distracted them was a story. So it was... I don't know. Do you, I don't know. I might not be getting at anything, but... No, but I know what you're
0: saying. I know what you're saying. When you said about the arc. I was like, oh, OK, who has an who arc? But I remember reading before because... One of my favourite films, um, The Sweet Make Success, uh, the main character, I couldn't figure out if he had an arc or not. I was I was trying to figure it out, so I did a lot of researching. And there's a thing <laughs> called a shift arc. Mm. And what that is, is that a character can ha- doesn't necessarily need to change by the end of it, but he needs to wake up the next day, essentially, and he's a completely different man almost. Like, So th- the next day is never going to be the same as the day before. So right. the, the events that have happened in the film that we've seen uh have affected his life so much that he he's never gonna be have that life back again. Whether or not he changed. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah, the world just... around him changed almost. Yeah yeah. yeah. So
3: But Mr. White in it does kind of he does kind well, of change. I like, think
0: he learns at the end like he's too naive he's, and trusts yeah, people. And yeah, yeah, then yeah, it's like he that's why he's crying, he's like like I'm fucking jinxed like I do this i too Yeah. I mean too late,
2: obviously. <laughs> he's dead. Him. But um but yeah I thought that was uh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and they all went through that shift arc. Yeah, because they're not, uh, so they're not waking up. They're not waking up. You stole my punchline. No, sorry, sorry. And for that, you get a one-star review from <laughs> Andra. Uh, because it's the blandest pile of garbage I've seen in a long time. The dialogue was so stiff, the whole plot felt pointless. Netflix showed that it was only a 56% match for me, and clearly... It knew it wasn't my type of film.
3: All right, two, that's fair. Wait, two, one. The only stiff part in that dialogue is when they're talking about that guy's dick that gets stuck <laughs> super close <laughs> <laughs> to oh, yeah. his, his stomach. That. Yeah, yeah. One.
2: Fair, <laughs> fair.
3: <laughs> <laughs> two. Um, I just, I just think, and you know what? That kind of whole comment, kind of, you know, because there's this argument: has Reservoir Dogs aged well? You know, there's that kind of argument. Yeah. It's with any film that's like over. 20 years old Mm. like kind of starts thinking about that it's not meant to be watched on netflix on a laptop screen (laughs) in the corner of your room while you might be checking twitter or instagram or Mm. fucking doing a buzzfeed quiz on the side or whatever have you Mm. like it's not and no film is meant to be watched like that let let me just say yeah I agree. you know so it's like it just saddens me a little bit because it's like i would have killed to have been in that cinema screen you know, at yeah, Reservoir dogs, but it's like you've got to understand like the context in which you're you're viewing it, and also like I just don't respect people that say it's a bad film. Why? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was brilliant.
3: That's, <laughs> that's okay, And right. there's
2: the door. <laughs> right. Jeez. Uh, okay. Yeah. No,
3: no, no. That's not my point. My point isn't that. <laughs> that
2: was brilliant. Okay. Good. Love it.
3: My point was, I don't respect. <laughs> I don't respect people that just say that this film was garbage and don't have an and don't have a reasoning why. Like, I would respect your opinion if you're like, I didn't like the piercing or like even before you know, I, I agreed with some of them. They were like, oh, oh yeah, something yeah. about the character, like okay, fair point, mm. you know. But it was shit. Didn't like it. Like, okay. He doesn't I really ca- give me
0: anything. Yeah. I
3: can't do anything with that information. You're not, you're not adding value in this conversation <laughs> whatsoever. You're just making me angry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Yeah, it's true. And that's why we get this great content. Yeah,
0: exactly. Brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant.
2: <laughs> so, of course, that was quite a short review. Um, mm. And you kind of nailed home a little bit The the reason it's in this is the whole Netflix bit. Yeah. The whole this person watched the film and mentioned that it was Netflix that recommended it to her.
1: Mm. Which Yeah.
2: She's quite scary about the whole nature of film. I know, Charlie, outside of this podcast you have quite a lot of fear about independent films and Netflix and streaming yeah. services.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm worried that we're gonna get to a point where um The only films that people go to the cinema to watch are the big blockbusters, and then everything else that's like independent or or whatever original uh, Uh story is going to be made on Netflix and streaming services because they Mm. seem to be the only people that. I mean, obviously there's like a twenty four. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. There are still people out there doing it. My my fear is that the future will end up that.
3: See, I don't think so.
0: And I, I, that's I'm saying. I hope not. The optimist in me is saying nope no, we're not going to have no. that because I'm hoping, you know, people, you know, want to go to the cinema. I mean, then people complain about why, I mean, it's the only thing that is out is blockbusters and all these big things. Like, but yeah, that is the only thing that gets a lot of people out of their house. I mean, everyone, yeah. like we said, everyone's Unless got a big a TV. You know, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. like, there's, I mean, that's not, we're not everyone, are we? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of us, but <laughs> there's not, we're not everyone. No. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, I've got a big telly. I've got... You know, I don't need to. We're not. They're not thinking about the sound and the picture quality as much as we are. Like, generally you know I mean? yeah, yeah, they of don't course. collect Blu-rays because they want the. I've been. I'm really glad we did Tarantino today because uh, obviously his new films coming out very soon, um, and I've been reading up some stuff. Have you? About it.
3: I've been avoiding it.
0: Now, I've been I'm not necessarily about the 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 actual plot or anything like that. More mm-hmm. just like that era and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So.
0: I've got really I got really I found a really cool uh, interesting s- story I think that come out of it. So mm-hmm. obviously Bruce Lee is in the movie mm-hmm. and Rowan Plansky is in the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy playing Rowan Plansky. Oh, yeah. Um yeah. We don't like that guy anymore, do we? Um yeah. No, we do not. No, we do not. Um yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> he um uh after the, the murder of Sharon Tate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sunglasses or were found in the house, right, okay. left. And there were no ones that he knew of from Ron Polanski. So he was like, they're definitely from the killers. Right. And he, so he was like, we to figure out who they were. Anyway, he takes, at the time in the 60s, um, Bruce Lee taught a lot of um, Hollywood actors and actresses mm. martial arts. He taught Rowan Polanski. I believe he took Sharon Tate, James Coburn, Steve McQueen. He taught a lot of them. Mm. Um, and Rowan Polanski was taking more lessons because of what happened. He was even more afraid of, of what you know what was out there. And he goes then. Bruce Lee was talking about how he has lost his sunglasses recently. And Rowan Polanski shits himself and mm. thinks, Hold on a minute. Is Bruce <laughs> Lee the person that killed my wife? Um, Shit. So he says to him... Oh, I'll I'll pay for your um, pres- your prescript your prescript your your dude pair of sunglasses or whatever they was. Uh, so they go there and um, he's shitting himself. He's literally thinking he's sitting next to the guy that murdered his wife, and uh, the prescription was completely different. Oh, but he okay, never good. told Bruce Lee. But this yeah. is in his autobiography, apparently.
3: No way. That's yeah. that. Whoa.
0: Yeah, but I thought that was a little cool little story. That is yeah, a cool that's story. A cool little story. story. I doing some research. Yeah, I.
3: How excited are we? Oh man. The
0: film. So excited. so excited his... Charlie is so
3: excited I'm so is excited Is it his ninth now? So that means he's got this one and one more? One well,
0: more which might be Star Trek Which I'm very excited about Oh my god Yeah And then Do you after... think it would be though? Or wouldn't wouldn't it be another original?
3: Nah like... I think it I... Mm,
0: I don't know He's been talking a lot about Star Trek But I think
3: it would be disappointing if it was I'm not gonna
0: lie What Star Trek? If you want another original? I, 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 I can understand
2: that
3: Or maybe, maybe, maybe Star Trek and then and then another one. I, I just think his last one should be an original so you can, like, book However,
2: him. he could loophole it and do a Star Trek trilogy and count it as one film, like he did oh with my Kill God. Bill. Well, like yeah. he did a, a sequel. Oh my God. Like, he could be like, oh, yeah, one film left, but then it's actually part of this anthology mm. and he needs to do all of this extra stuff. <laughs> well,
0: Samuel Jackson and Kurt Maybe. Russell joked on an interview. They were like, he says he's gonna make ten, but we've worked it out, and it sounds like it sounds like it's about eleven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I thought it was quite. Funny. To be fair, fair, no
3: one's gonna complain. But no. I do admire yeah. that kind of mindset of get out before you get shit. hundred
0: uh, percent. Mm. You know, I mean, I made a, v- a video, actually, a video essay on my mate's channel for Five videos about why good directors go bad, mm. and I mm. used Tarantino as like a gold his, standard. Yeah, sort of to say his idea of. The 10 films is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and here's why. And I sort yeah. of break down mm. all the reasons why directors go bad and stuff.
2: Yeah, it's, it's quite a die hero or you'll live long <laughs> enough <laughs> to see yourself and become a villain. Yeah. Become a villain. Sorry, What's true. that from? That'd be The Dark Knight. That's a yes. quote from Two-Face. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nerd, but not for film. <laughs> but I do a film podcast. Isn't <laughs> that weird? <laughs> hey, would you like another film review? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Definitely. I don't know if my... I right. want to gush I more about
2: Reservoir Dogs. I don't feel like we've gushed enough. So, this is a half-star review from...
3: I love those cheeky little half-stars. half, uh, half yeah. uh,
2: Danut L. A truly disgusting film, which I'm sure only a disgusting director would be proud of, illustrating in a completely disgusting way the depravity of what human beings are capable of. Those mm-hmm. human beings whom we should not emulate or even dream of emulating... Quentin Tarantino is also among such beings, beneath our notice, not even worthy of our contempt. I am surprised that anyone encouraged him, financially, in his vile pursuits, encouraged his fantasies.
3: Alright, cool. So, jeez. Where's that? Where, what did he say? Okay, so, like, I don't like this idea of, like... I mean, I'm all against, like, the glorification of violence, but I don't, really don't think that this film does that. Do you know what I mean? Like, think about how everyone reacts when Mr. Blonde, like... You know, with... He was like, oh, there he's a psychopath. He's like... Does it? And it's like, these people don't really, like, want to... They're not, they're not people that take pleasure other than Mr. Blonde from genuinely hurting other people. It's just, like, I mean to an end for them and I don't like that kind of I don't like it in films and I don't like it in society and I don't like it in people that kind of us us versus them mentality Mm. I think that's very I think it's so you know you can easily go to someone and be like I would never I would never do that I would never you know you've never lived that person's life Mm. and so while I do agree that violence should not be glorified in films and it shouldn't be like cool or whatever even though there are plenty of films that do that and Mm. that's fine I still think it's very damaging to kind of push that segregation. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. It
2: would yeah. Be. Um. You mentioned a quote recently in one of the other episodes.
0: Yeah. It was something. I think it was a Stanley Kubrick quote I got from the exhibition, but I couldn't remember it. Sometimes I didn't write it down. Um. <laughs> he said something about talking about Clockwork Orange. He said something about to to not show the violence. Yeah. To deny that it exists is almost more damaging. Well, yeah. Sort of thing. Mm. Yeah.
3: 100%. and also like it's just it is just so. Um, it's a movie. It, yeah, and it's also like it's hilarious at times because it's like, you know, they're not portraying these characters like super cool, super like they they are losing their art absolute shit <laughs> and it's so <laughs> funny to see
0: they're sweaty they're sweaty yeah.
3: they're, they they just keep sweating at each other ah, <laughs> you know and it's funny and it's but it's kind of realistic like i i would think that that is genuinely how it would go down i'd like to think
0: but that's that's what's so good about his dialogue is that yeah, it is realistic so raw. like they're just they're, they're talking about general conversations like yeah. they're, they're what bank robbers but they're just talking about general conversations whereas before having i mean this is what tarantino's thing is but people do not realize like before that People didn't really speak about culture as such. I mean, they they had, but as like general conversations. But meanwhile, be these larger than life yeah. characters, like yeah. be these like hitmen, and like they usually were seen as stoic and like yeah, you know like I mean? not and, real, yeah, not real sort of thing. James Bond never messes up. Whereas these guys, they're losing their shit. Like they're they're messing up things. They're tripping each other up. They're falling over. They're he's, telling
3: jokes. He's like... he getting
0: hit by a car. Like as he's running, shooting people. Like they're not they're
2: not. Sliding and like no yeah do you they're what not mean? these no.
3: super suave like cool yeah, exactly. guys like they're absolute messes they're not professionals yeah,
2: yeah. and this even not all... Ocean's Eleven this is no this exactly. is this these is a bunch of
3: guys that are weighing over their heads and that's, that why, head. and that's yeah. why it goes wrong <laughs> <And that's laughs> I mean why like it goes wrong.
0: yeah like I mean the one you could probably argue is the, got the the most chill and cool Mr Blonde is a fucking psychopath yeah exactly, <laughs> he exactly, exactly. and that's why he's so chill is because he doesn't have any fucks about all like, this stuff and I think yeah I just I think what what I think as well as I said about performances, I think Tim Roth's brilliant in this film. Oh my God, I love I think, him. I think Steve Buscemi's fantastic.
3: Yeah. He and
0: Tavi Cattell was just fucking... He's
3: Tavi He's re- I mean, Tavi like, Cattell, but
0: yeah. he's, I think he's really good in this film. He is. He's um, very, very, very good. He's so good at, in this film, at like, coming across as the sort of leader in a weird way. Yeah. Even though he's got no control over anyone. No. Yeah. He's got... And I think it's... That and says so much about his character. They're all yeah. and they're all so distinct. Every yeah. single one of them yeah. has got their own character. Yeah, they've got traits. Yeah. And I think what I really like seeing is um when you re-watch Reservoir Dogs mm-hmm. now knowing that Mr. Orange is the cop, the spoiler alert. It's uh it's funny watching that original opening scene when um he says, Hey fuck, he's convinced me. Give me my money back. Yeah. About the the tip. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's funny because when I watch the second time I'm like I think he's saying that as a means to be, to sort of fit in. To
2: yeah. Well, no, it's um when he comes back and he's like, oh, who didn't tip? And Orange immediately goes, oh, it was Mr. Pink. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't rats tip. him out. He, that's straight another... away, he's, he rats him out.
0: Yeah, that's another thing people point out is that, mm. that
2: I
3: never noticed that. Yeah, he's straight
2: away. <sighs> also, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. there's another thing with the, the um. there's an orange balloon that follows them as they drive off in the car at one point. And people are like, oh, it's... Oh, Mr. Orange okay. And the, the there's like orange. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're learning. And what there's what to orange look for. cup. There's orange juice cups in the background of the um, when Mister Pink and Harvey Kato have that first conversation in that mm. little bathroom bit in the background, and people are like, "Oh, is it?" Wait, but the right? yeah.
3: orange does like kind of sympathize with them a little bit, like you know that whole conversation that he has with his like I don't know. I Suppose like.
0: He likes Mr. White. They generally, he, I think yeah. they genuinely like each other. I mean, he knows he's got the job, but obviously, but I think you can see the respect as well. I mean, he doesn't have to tell him at the end that he's a fucking cop.
3: Yeah.
0: He doesn't have to tell him. He
3: doesn't,
0: no. Like, he would have probably got away. I mean, he's shot in the guy. He might have survived. He might have. Done he might have. But yeah. he says, I mean, this is actually a good question. Do we think Mr. Pink survived?
3: Yeah.
2: I want to say he doesn't. I feel like I've you can seen hear the something guns. somewhere. Can you, yeah, You
0: can hear the guns going off and the police sirens. I'd like
3: to think he did. Yeah,
2: I'd yeah. like to think he does, but I feel like I've watched some like behind the scenes thing or oh, like a commentary it. of something where mm-hmm. they go, oh yeah, he doesn't survive. He tries to escape from the cops and gets shot down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I but think he's, so, he's I can't say 100 He's the only one that
3: kind of has his head screwed on throughout it. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, he is the only professional. He's yeah. the only
3: one, he's the only one yeah. that catches on that, you know, they were like set up. He's the only one that says to Mr. White, which is a good point, like, we need to get out of this house. He's the first one to talk about Mr. Blonde. And, and to... say don't, not to trust anyone. Yeah, exactly, so. Yeah, to
0: go back to Harvey Cattell, I mean, this movie wouldn't have been made if it wasn't for Harvey Keitel.
3: No, yeah, um, I remember
0: that. Story. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. So Harvey Cattell's wife was, I believe, Tarantino's drama teacher, or it was a friend of Harvey Cattell's wife, not drama teacher. Uh, Tarantino's acting coach at the time, and she read it and she gave it to him, and she gave she loved it and gave it to Harvey. And then he gets and, a call
3: from Harvey Cattell. And then, then yeah,
0: Harvey Cattell rung him and said, "Yeah, let's how make How surreal! This, how crazy is yeah. that? And right. um, he. Small world. He was like, "Look, we need to go." Harvey Cattell said, "Look, we need to go to New York, and we need to cast some actors in New York because they're like the bollocks. Basically, they're really good, and uh, I think they'd be perfect for this." He's like, "And Tamsin," I was like, I, "Mate, I, I've got no money, mate. I sleep <laughs> on my mate's sofa. Like, essentially, yeah. like, um, no. I think he did get some money actually at the time from True Romance and Natural Born Killers, the scripts, but um, still not like, still nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they basically paid him the bare minimum you could pay someone for a, for a script." Yeah, and uh, Harvey said, all right, then." And uh, he booked Tarantino and Lawrence Bender, the producer, a hotel flights, yeah, flights yeah. and everything so they could cast and paid for all the casting. And that's how um, they found
3: Tim Roth. Tim
0: Roth, yeah, so they found Tim Roth, yes, that's how they found Tim Roth. And Tim Roth didn't actually audition. He was the only one that didn't audition. Oh. Apparently, he booked in and Tarantino went, that well, was the guy from his yeah, posture yeah, yeah. and the from way
3: he saw. Just of his mannerisms. mannerisms and, yeah, and oh, I just love him. Yeah. But he's fantastic. I just see him on screen. He's just... He's brilliant. He's he always is. good. So good.
2: It was really good. Right, this is going to be the last...
3: Last review. The
2: last one. Oh, god, go so fast. They Mm -hmm. did go so fast. I
0: feel like there's so much, I'm there afterwards, I'm going to go, oh, I wish I said this about Rezal Dogs. I love Rezal Dogs. I wish I said this, I wish I said that. It happens every week. Every week, yeah.
3: There's never enough time. No, it's
2: never. So this is another half-star review. I know, another one. This is from... Just
3: give it nothing. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Just commit to something.
2: There's not many films that get half a star, come on.
3: I just think that's such
0: a... I
2: think I say that every week. And we need it on this podcast. (laughs) So this is from Uncle Steve.
1: Mm.
2: Oh boy. Your boy. (laughs) So, funny story about this one. My kid sister, Laura, (laughs) asked me to watch her little kiddies for the evening. Brenda and Timothy. So I say, kids, what do you want to watch with Uncle Steve tonight? Oh my God. And they say, I don't know. An animal movie or something. So I say, <laughs> what do you think oh, about this going. dog movie called Reservoir Dogs?
3: Oh my God. They
2: say, sure thing.
3: Wait, hang on. What what platform is this on?
2: Like, what's he watching it on? Like,
3: what's he watching it on? Like, watching it on? Is it Netflix? Because I'm pretty sure the thumbnail yeah, yeah. will give it away, mate. I don't know Okay, that. sorry, continue.
2: Well, we sit down to watch this flick. And what happened next was there wasn't a single dog on the whole freaking movie not one so we get to the end and i go sorry kids that was quite the misleading title
3: sheesh do you know what? that's the only review that i agree with yeah. 100% yep yeah. no you're exactly yeah. right There.
2: never doing that again there were no half dogs. a star for zero dogs and two very disappointed kitties.
0: Brilliant. <laughs>
3: disappointed <laughs> kitties? How about Scarge? How <laughs> young are they? <laughs>
0: Didn't look at the 18 rating, does it? No, no.
2: no. Just no. so. oh, dogs, reservoir dogs. Yep. Let's just slap this disc Reservoir in. Dogs. I can only assume it was a DVD. Like surely, yeah. a d- no, no, DVD no. Sorry, w- without Even the case, in, <laughs> in, in it's it got to be like something
3: that you got from like the 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 market, like the flea market, <laughs> yeah, like cause... an unmarked DVD yeah, yeah, yeah. that just says "Reservoir Dogs" in yeah. black and white, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. letters. <laughs> and he's fuck? like, "Oh, dogs."
2: Yeah, yeah, like one of those white discs, and someone just penned "Reservoir Dogs" onto the front. Yeah. Yeah.
3: If I
0: remember correctly, has it's like Mr. Blok? Pink pointing a gun at Harvey oh, Keitel in the front, isn't it
3: not? I always thought it was the, the, the warehouse like when, when um, Mr. White and... Yeah, that's, what, yeah, that's, what saying, that's exactly yeah. what
2: he's <laughs> saying. Yeah, the, uh, was... Is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's it's Sorry been, I've had a long day. But yeah, that was, the, that was a, a nice little funny one. I thought that we should end it on a lighter note. That is true. Before we ask Hannah, yes. what is the five star review? Why? So we've heard the negative. Why should anyone actually watch this film?
3: Oh, I mean, like I'm trying. I'm not. I'm gonna try not to repeat myself. Maybe just give you the cliff notes of what I've already gone over. But, that works. Um, I mean, I I'm not gonna tell someone whether why they should or should not watch a film. You like what you like. I just think if you are a film goer. And you've not seen Tarantino, then you know, get a move on. <laughs> really, um, if you're not into Tarantino, you're not into violence. I mean, like, just, just, just have a good time. Just because this film is a good time and it's, it's interesting, a good time. and it's hilarious and in, in in parts. And I just think it is. It just defines Tarantino that this film. I think he's done other films that have been better, but for me, this one will always be the one in my heart
2: oh, how oh lovely. that's lovely that's lovely Charles
0: um, I, I think this film's so tight like pacing wise yeah, everything I think the soundtrack's fantastic
3: oh my god and that story yeah no do no go
0: no, for no. it no, please, yeah. do,
3: please do the, the, the whole like um, K. Billy's Super, super sounds, sounds of, of the, the 70s, 70s. Yeah. that see this is the thing that I love so like Tarantino's films, like the music, is it's like Damien Chazelle with La La Land mm. or with Whiplash, you know what I mean? Like the music is a character in mm. the film. Mm. And like Tarantino, like I play this game with my friends where we uh, shuffle my Tarantino playlist to try and guess which film it's from. Oh, okay. It's a really I'd fun love game. to play that because uh, I listen to him games, all so. the time.
0: You do. The, the you, soundtracks. Uh, yeah. I love film soundtracks.
3: It's so. just, but like this is the thing. And then like that whole. Like it just kind of sets the tone and the pace for the film, and like you say, the pacing is good. Sorry, I like. that
0: right. uh, I, I like that he makes up a radio station as well. Yeah, host. that's what the it's the little things that Tansio does that he makes his own little world, and I and I really there's no one like him that does that. Um, no, it's yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, the the person who probably did it before all that. was probably someone like Walter Hill creating his own little world, um, but um, but yeah, yeah. I just I just the, the acting's incredible. I mean, it's essentially a theatre play, really. Which the... he
3: actually wants to go into, yeah, does not yeah, he? Exactly. After he finishes his films, mm-hmm. so.
0: exactly. And uh, I just—it's it, funny. It'll make you cringe. It'll make you laugh. Like it's some of the most iconic characters in film history, like the Reservoir Dogs. Like you just—you've got, yeah. in,
3: you've got, you've got them walking yeah, down yeah. the street
0: to little green bag. One hundred percent is oh, like. God iconic in cinema
3: (laughs) yeah no it's very very stylized do you not think that the like the pacing of it kind of like um it's like a it's like a gig like a like a show that you go to. yeah yeah do you know what i mean like it goes like it goes wham with the first song Mm. and like like i said like the my the real first scene i would say is that scene with Mr. Orange in the back seat of the car? Yeah, yeah. you know, bloody and, and it just grips you from then on. And then it's just like, there's never like a violent moment that's just come after another violent scene. It It's always just like, and it's like, you know, Tarantino's famous for his like non linear storytelling where it like kind of jumps into the future and the past and the, and the present and the now, and the, you know, and it's good for like revealing like little Easter eggs of information. And yeah. especially with the reveal at the end. Cause if you start out knowing that Mr. Orange is the co-op, and it's not as interesting. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think uh, like the violence as well like it's not the the characters are not shrugging it off like no. he he's literally like Mr. Orange is screaming yeah, yeah. in the back of the seat like
1: yeah.
0: flailing all over the place yeah. and like that 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 bit of dialogue is fantastic um he's like you're going to be okay tell me fucking tell me and he's like i'm you're not i'm not okay. He's like i didn't know you had a degree in medicine <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's it's brilliant um i think Dante said the inspiration for that was um from casualties of war say yeah words, so yeah it's, I mean, it's always it's, it's brilliant yeah it's just it's like there's so many memorable Moments, lines, like 100%. jokes. The characters are iconic. Like we, like Mister Blonde himself is like, oh my god! Like he's 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 got so many zingers. So you're gonna bark all day, little doggy. You're mm-hmm. gonna bite. Like his, yeah. he, all his stuff is brilliant. Um, literally, it's, I think it's a fantastic movie. I think it's tight. It's it. Well, I think it's like uh, maybe an hour and a half. I can't you really don't feel it though, do you?
3: It's, it's one of it's those brilliant. films where
0: um, you don't feel it. But yeah, uh, yes, it's fantastic. And just out of curiosity, I would like to ask everyone. Mm. What is your Tarantino rankings as of now? Before Once Time Hollywood comes out,
3: like my favorite to the worst. Yes. Okay. So Reservoir Dogs would be number one. For number me. one. Okay. Number yes. one. Pulp Fiction would follow in a very close second. Mm-hmm. I would say yep. nearly tied. Death Proof controversially. No, is that's good. My that's good. Yeah. Head. I just love that whole scene that they do in black and white when it just like yeah, it yeah yeah flips like I just. I don't know, I do really really like, and also girl power and like, yeah of course. you know, all of that, all yeah. of that great stuff.
0: <laughs> exactly, being the shit out um, of him at the end.
3: Yeah, and that song, hang at the gym. yeah <laughs> oh, it's so, great. F- so fitting, right, so that. Then, probably Kill Bill, both of them, in, in succession. I'm not going to lie, Jackie Brown is not up there. I really like Jungle Change oh my god, I forgot about that. Oh, this is really difficult. It's difficult, isn't it? Jungle Unchained is up there. Oh, Inglourious Bastards as well. That yeah. was. A, yeah, I can't do this. I'm tapping out <laughs> the question. Um, I can't do it.
0: If I gave you mine, do you reckon it would help?
3: M- maybe. I do maybe. trust your opinion. Oh, Go thank
0: on. you. So, my number one is Pulp Fiction, my favourite. Okay. Yeah. Then Reservoir. Okay. And then, I know you don't like it, but Jackie, Jackie Brown, Brown is my third favourite. I need to read um, it. Then Inglourious Bastards.
3: Yeah, to be fair. Oh, <laughs> my God, that scene with the like when Donny Donowitz first oh, comes out the with bedroom a... yes. my god it's
0: fantastic it's so many totally good I mean the opening scene the bar scene yeah, yeah it's incredible yep yeah, so Jackie Brown the gross bastards Django Django,
3: Django is a good one yeah, just for that Leonardo DiCaprio scene with oh, the yeah, glass it's... just for that that's gonna I mean gonna and, and okay. the shootout
0: as well I think and the like, shootout it's really nice to do action it's like, fantastic yeah so what, what are we on so we did
3: We're, we did Django just now
0: Django yeah so Kill Bill 1 Kill Bill 2 yeah. And then, hate for like death proof. Hate for death proof. But that's yeah. the thing, it's like, I love every single one of them.
3: The most unbelievable, I think, I know hate for like, got a lot of like shtick when it came out and mm. a lot of, the, I think the most unbelievable part of that film is that there was like a woman in a cabin with how many men snowed yeah. in and no one tried any funny business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, what? <laughs> She's just as terrifying as well. Yeah. Yeah, she's she just as strong and like I feel like she could fuck him up as much as like. Yeah, maybe would, that's yeah. why. Yeah.
3: Maybe they don't really see her as a woman. you mm. oh, well. Who knows? Maybe she's know. less than. Them. Who knows?
0: <laughs> But Luke, what is your rankings, mate? Don't what try and get out of it, ranking? mate. He's trying to. He's trying to. He's trying to get out of it.
3: I, I, I really, I, I tapped out. Yeah. I give up. Um, I could not do it.
2: It's hard, isn't it? I don't know if I can either, just because. Like, I haven't seen Jackie Brown. I haven't oh, seen true. Death. Did you just do the ones or, you've done? You've seen. Um,
3: top, yeah, top like
2: Top, like. Seven, th- six. <laughs> top six. Uh, it definitely, like, um, like Reservoir, Whoop. Pulp, Inglorious,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Kill Bill, mm-hmm. one, then two, then Django, then Hateful Eight. So I love how
3: Kill Bill is, like, a, just one film. It is, really, it isn't, isn't is, it? Yeah. It is its It's one yeah. film. It was, yeah. With, with a bit of a. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one ever watches them individually, do they? I don't.
2: Well, as they they had to when they came out. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah.
3: was it? Yeah. Back mm. back back in those days. Back in those
2: days. By the way, I think that Reservoir Dogs is a pretty good film. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'd say it was a it's a solid film. The whole like it's his baby sort of thing. You really tell that. Yeah. Anyone, you can feel it, right? Exactly. And sure. anyone listening that is is unpersuaded yet, just watch it for Steve Buscemi because Mr. Pink is the best of the entire film and yeah. he's, great. he's great. And just watch for his performance because it's yeah. lovely. And he's a fucking professional. He is a fucking
3: professional. Also, Tim Ross is really nice to look at.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that as well, I guess. But <laughs> Do you have anything to plug?
3: To plug? Yeah. It's- you guys should definitely hit me up on Instagram. It's hannah. But not the English spelling. Everyone always gets it confused. You know how many times your name spelled the same forward as it is backwards? No, it's not.
2: Ah, uh, so we're talking H A N A. H A N A.
3: Hannah K E S film on Instagram. Hannah Kes Film. Glass. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Glass. Let me yeah. yeah. Hit me up. Watch a couple of my films. Give me some money. Uh, <laughs> so you <she> can <laughs> make fun, more. Fund yeah. my next project. Collaborate with me. Yeah,
2: why not? Good yeah. idea. <laughs> Charlie, if they wanted to find out where we are through the socials, where would they find us?
0: They can find us on Twitter at film is Awful. They can find us on Instagram, your favourite film is awful, and Facebook, your favourite film is awful.
2: Beautiful, and of course, please give us those five stars. Give us the reviews. Hit us up on those social medias. Let us know what you're thinking. But for today, thank you for listening. Bye bye.
1: Take care.
3: See you later. <laughs>